Welcome to the Bone Zone, my babies. It's your sexual guru, Walt the Dog. And I'm here to make sweet love to the radio airwaves live from 694.2 PTBP. Contention's naughtiest radio station for hot Christian singles in your area. I'm starting to have those weird dreams again, y'all. The newest batch was wild. I went to the coffee shop in my dreamland and proceeded to ask for the oldest and stankiest grounds, as is my custom. The coffee attendant denied me my rightful treasures, so I started shaking them violently. The head fell off, and 42 snakes erupted from the hole where the head once was. The snakes all started chanting in unison and calling me the Reginald. I cried, but instead of tears, little tiny baby wolves started pouring out my damn eyes. All the baby wolves started doing a dance and raised me up to the damn heavens where I proceeded to become a god. And then my teeth fell out and I had sex with my dad. Wait, who is my dad? Was I even birthed? If you can interpret anything from these, please reach out and be my Joseph. You know your wolfie loves a coat of many colors. Seriously, what do these dreams mean? Tell me at Pretending Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or tag Pretending to be people on Facebook, why don't you? Or how about you write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your analysis of my fancies. And maybe I'll read it on the show. Like I'm now about to read this five-star review from Ram Odin. They write, Flat Earthers believe that we live on a cosmic frisbee that God threw at the beginning of time. I assume Wolf the Dog will be there to catch us at the end. Much love. Y'all are delightful. Thank you so much for putting this out. I listen to dozens of podcasts, and this is one of two that puts the numbers in me on a weekly basis. I don't get to play as much as I'd like, responsibilities and all, but I'll be handling for the first time this weekend, and you've inspired me to move ahead with it. Also, we'll be introducing the Luck Mechanic mashup into Standard Delta Green for a bit more pulp. I will say again, I do not know what the fucking internet is or what the fuck a podcast is, but I definitely know when someone's being a sweetie to me. Thank you, Ram Odin. I hope whatever it is you're doing is fun as hell. Speaking of fun as hell stuff and things that are on the internet, you should check out the Pretending to Be People Twitch every Tuesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Justin has been hosting stuff, making everything run and look nice. You can find that at twitch.tv slash pretendingpodstreams. I heard some of them other Pretending Pod friends are gonna try and jump on with them when they can. One more time for the people in the back. 8 p.m. Central Time, Tuesday and Thursday, twitch.tv slash pretendingpodstreams. And if you are jonesing for even more of this sweet PTBP content, head over to patreon.com slash pretendingpod. Support the show financially and gain access to hours of bonus material. Most recently, including a fully edited episode of Zack running the boys through Call of Cthulhu's The Haunting. 
And for patrons in the Denison, we will be live streaming the behind the scenes recording process for part two of Lover in the Ice on Tuesday, May 26th at 6 p.m. Central Time. You thought the Denison at Glasses Compound was gross? Come watch our dumb faces while we play the filthiest scenario Delta Green has to offer. Something, something, something. It's time for the news. Turns out, Drew wasn't Drew. Some of y'all were paying attention. Councilwoman Carrie Pages in the body of Drew Andrews was handcuffed, ankle cuffed, and tossed in the trunk of the red Mitsubishi where she still resides. But the car is hidden off the side of the highway on the outskirts of contention. These dumbass ex-cops were keen enough, eyesight-wise, to spot some sort of entry checkpoint at contention's only exit. Keith Vigna snuck past a growing grazing gazer sitting in a dunk tank in the parking lot of Hotel Motel just watching for something. But he completely missed Keith Vigna making his way back to the gang with his treasured MacGuffin, his father's watch. The whole rest of the episode was these goobas taking turns wearing this cursed object and seeing visions. Well, gear up for more of that, then strap down and throw your hands in the air because it's time for Kudzu with No Backbone. out there listeners of this show here on 694.2 ptbp welcome to pretending to be people i am your handler your keeper your gm your narrator your idiot god zach thankfully i am joined today by three of my dearest friends and three of your dearest player characters that's right i've got the contention police officers here what up you you that's it. Thanks for uh, hanging out. It's been pretending to be people. We'll see you next it's episode. Not- like and subscribe. It's just like not a lot's sign going on, on right Patreon. now. So yeah, sign up for the Patreon. Uh, well, no, I mean, what what people like about this podcast is that you get to read between the lines and kind of yeah. draw your own picture. So this was really a fan service episode. <laughs> kind of also, you know, giving the people what they want it was a little you know it's a little over the top a little cheesy but i think the the true ptbp fans are gonna love what they just heard um yeah we're out that was episode 79 or eight whichever one thanks guys thanks 70, for listening. <laughs> 79 <laughs> we are in 79 now hey hey, hey. <laughs> that's more than i thought we were gonna do by like 50 yeah (laughs) yeah i'm still having fun though been looking forward to it all day ditto all day if looking forward to it means nervous and scared the whole time then yes i have been looking forward to it all day we'll be fine (laughs) i think everything's gonna work out great if you want we, we could just take it from here oh yeah if you could i'd love to see that happen yeah cool so uh guys you're standing um in front of uh, the goo god. Sure. Okay. It's actually pronounced goo god. 
Yeah, we're not trying to get fancy here. Um, also, you're, this isn't your job anymore. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> Kick him so out. What, what you have deduced is that you just have to hurt its feelings and you win. So if you can say something really hurtful about this goo. You're uh, just you, dang, dang old jiggly is all you are. Oh, the monster screams in pain. Uh, hey, goo, people think that you and I would get along really well. Whoa, <laughs> no. No. I'm a loner. <laughs> it's working. It's do? working, guys. It looks like what else you hey, got? Hey, goo. I, 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 this n- new fella I met over here says that we look like brothers. <laughs> That's not bad. He has a crush on you. Yeah, the goo apparently thinks Drew is not uh, bad looking. So, <laughs> okay, let's actually start. You guys are really close to winning. (laughs) I shoot it. So we ended the last episode with all three of you taking turns, putting on this watch and uh, seeing a vision and then the watch slipping off and then putting it right on somebody else. I believe John Lee, Kevin Moore III, just slapped it right on Clark Bishop. And then they were questioning John Lee. Pettymore was like, if I put it on again, will it be the same? But he asked it like to the sky or something. And then Keith Vigna was like, well, I'll just do it. And so Keith Vigna slapped on the watch. His eyes come back to reality as the watch slips off into his other hand. (laughs) He won't give up that easy. It took me so long to catch what you said. (laughs) I had to match the rhythm of his belly with my head. Uh, that's a DC talk lyric. So, uh, just a lot of rap. This this one, just a lot of rap lyrics on this one for sure. So Keith Vigna's got the watch, the throne, and uh, I need everyone to roll sanity with your dice. Even oh, me? All of yous. It's a zero slash one sanity check. Two. I got a thirty, which means I wait. Somebody rolled a two. Don't oh, sh- pass. I rolled a two. 30 on a 15. I failed a 68 on a 16. And 68, what's that look like on your power there? Yeah, that's it's Interesting. above my power. Well, let's see what happens literally uh, right now as you lose one sanity, as does Keith Vigna. Keith Vigna, when this watch pops off, you just like let out a little scream, which you realize in this moment... <gasps> is the only noise that you can hear because contention is wildly quiet compared to the last time you were here. If you'll remember, last time you heard lots of animals in the creek and in the ponds and such, and you can't hear that right now. All you're hearing is just this from Keith Vigna that is echoing, and then you think it might even uh, bounce off of that that big floating moat bounce back at you it's echoing through contention and clark bishop he sees keith put that watch on and then take it off right that's where we're standing right now i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and tackle keith and i'm yelling why would you put it on again why would you put it on again keith are you trying to put up a little resistance there yeah i'm gonna try to just get out of his way okay i'm gonna yeah and i'm gonna try to help keith all right, so you can roll to assist, and it'll give Keith a plus 20 on his roll. What should I roll on? Dexterity or unarmed combat or athletics, whichever one's highest. Doesn't fail them all, 76. <laughs> so what am I rolling? You're going to roll dodge to get out of the way against Clark Bishop's unarmed combat. 
Uh, 60 on a 30. Ooh. <laughs> I rolled a 61 on a 70. I beat you by one, right? I still failed. Oh, I gotcha. Clark, you can do whatever you want, but John Lee Pettymore, like, <laughs> tries to grab on to Keith Vigna to pull him out of the way and just, like, literally just grabs shirt. You're still wearing the massive polo, I believe. No, way too big cargo shorts. Oh, the super tight. Is a little too small. Yeah, and so as you as you <laughs> grab at his shirt, uh, it's so tight on his skin you can't quite. And Clark Bishop, I tackle you, and I'm kind of like trying to pin you maybe to the ground, and I'm trying to get the watch out of your hand and like get it away, and I'm just like maybe maybe bashing you your whole back into the ground. Why did you put it on again? Why did you put it on again? So as Clark Bishop is screaming this and he's on top of you, I'm going to have you roll an unarmed combat or a strength to avoid taking some sort of damage here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay. 17 on a 65. So that'll be enough to allow you to cover your, like, the back of your neck and the back of your skull as he's just, like, hitting you in the ground. But he does get a hold of the watch and he throws it into the grass nearby. What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? Why? I just. I scramble to get it done. Knowing that the watch is away and I've pummeled you into the ground a few times, my eyes kind of relax and I stop maybe doing it quite as hard, but I'm still kind of jostling you. And then, and then my hands are moving to your chest, and Ooh. it's a little more like I am, I am, I. And he gets to his feet and uh, goes and kind of walks away, embarrassed, but doesn't say much. Clark is walking away, embarrassed, as Keith is on the ground. John is standing right next to you all with the watch in hand. Yeah, he tur- he has his back turned to that after he sees that uh, Clark is settling down, and he puts the watch on. <laughs> 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 I knew this episode was just going to be <laughs> this. <laughs> All the watch tent you crave. <laughs> oh, Lottie, Lottie. Goodbye, my boys. Hello, Thomas. Hi, Zach. Well, the familiar reality channel changing has still unsettling, but you know what you're getting into, and you're standing over a man's body, and he's face down in the dry crack dirt. You've seen him before. The smell of same piss. Man. Yep, same man. The smell of piss and shit wafts through the humid summer air, and looking down the road to your perceived destination, you recognize your hometown of contention. Back to the body on the ground, your hands are trembling as you roll him over, a dead man in his mid-twenties, stiff as a glass of moonshine, dressed in the fashion of the day, which is the late 1800s, and a trifolded piece of parchment falls out of this deceased man's jacket pocket. It's a job advertisement for the Contention Mining Company, and it reads, We is hiring able bodies readying untapped site plenty of work hesitate not that's crazy uh if i hadn't accidentally heard the end of the episode <laughs> with luke hearing that it would have been a big reveal <laughs> J- 
John Lee Pettymore the Third slips this watch off, and you see Keith Vigna. What are you doing on the ground? Uh, I had the wind knocked out of me, so I'm just trying to like catch my breath and like slowly get back up. When Keith is back on his feet, I'll turn him back around. Keith, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I just that watch is freaky. I don't know why you would willingly just put it back on. It did. It's, well, it's, I mean, I just needed to get more info, and and I got what I needed, and and I look over at John, and you see the watch slipping off his hand, and he turns around with kind of a wide expression. Did you did you see the same thing, or no, no? Uh, I mean, you remember the dead man in the vision? Yeah. This time, a note slipped out of his pocket. I saw the same thing, written in the same crazy grammar as the as the initial. Uh, yeah. The uh, we we is striking torches. Re- hesitate not that one. Yes. Yeah. It had it, it had the same sort of too. thing. It had we ha- we is and hesitate not. Uh, if if I wanted to recite that to you, it would sound like this. <laughs> we is striking when the land gets darkness. Readying torches. Hesitate not. I meant the one I just heard. We is hiring able bodies. Readying untapped sight. Plenty of work. Hesitate not. Cool. And you found it on the on the old timey guy too. Yeah, I'm afraid I did. Yeah, I saw that same thing the second time I put it on. Joe, what do you see? Or Clark, what do you see? And I slap the watch <laughs> on his hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you willing to uh, to let that happen? I mean, I think Clark is in a state that he wouldn't he wouldn't be ready for it. He was already like apologizing and embarrassed and talking to Keith. <laughs> Sucker watch. Reality begins to blink and flicker in a now familiar but still unsettling way. And you're standing over a man's body, face down in the dry, cracked dirt. The smell of piss and shit wafts through the humid summer air. And looking down the road to your perceived destination, you recognize your hometown of contention. Back to the body on the ground, your hands are trembling as you roll him over a dead man in his mid-twenties, stiff as a glass of moonshine, dressed in the fashion of the day, which is the late 1800s, and a trifolded piece of parchment falls out of the deceased man's jacket pocket. It's a job advertisement for the Contention Mining Company, and it reads, We is hiring able bodies, readying untapped sight, plenty of work, hesitate not. Alrighty. And the watch comes off of Clark Bishop's wrist. I want to catch it and put it on again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See how many of these fucking things Zach prepared. Luke and Joe, take your uh, take your headphones off. Okay. He goes to catch it and it slips onto his wrist accidentally. All of a sudden, you're looking at Bean's Pond. You see Tildy B. Mitchell walking slowly backwards away from you toward the water. She does not stop as she backs into the small neighborhood pond, and she continues in steadily until the water rises above her head. And when she is gone, the channel of your reality changes, and you are sitting at the bar in a tavern. 
Behind the bar is a mirror, and you see your reflection. Your eyes are wild. You recognize your thick, hand-stitched clothing from the dead body you found on the way into town. The barmaid refills your glass. So, you're the new miner in town who wrote ahead looking for a room? You look in the mirror again. You see your reflection. Still, you give a nod to the alewife. Well, welcome to contention, Silas Cole. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> I got chills, These guys baby. have to put this watch on again. <laughs> this episode sucks. <laughs> And you guys see, and you guys see, oh no, and you guys, and you guys see the watch slip off of John Lee Pettymore the third sand, and he instantly slaps it on Clark's hand. <laughs> God damn it! Okay, bye. Take your headphones off, Luke. We're playing a closed game. <laughs> Joe. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta put the same amount of like gravitas into each one, right? Uh, so we can see your faces with, with this new method, and Thomas's faces with whatever you were describing was great. <laughs> You're looking at Bean's Pond. You see Tildy B. Mitchell walking slowly backwards away from you toward the water. She does not stop as she backs into the small neighborhood pond. And as she continues in, steadily, the water rises above her head. And when she's gone, the channel of your reality changes, and you're sitting at the bar in a tavern. Behind the bar is a mirror, and you see your reflection. Your eyes are wild. You recognize your thick hand-stitched clothing from the dead body you found on the way into town. The barmaid refills your glass. So... You're the new miner in town who rode ahead looking for a room? You look in the mirror again. You see your reflection. Still, you give a nod to the alewife. Well, welcome to contention, Silas Cole. Oh, holy shit. And you guys see the watch slip off of Clark Bishop's wrist. I look at John. He's just wide-eyed and he's like nodding at you, like, right? Right? What what did what did you guys see? Throw it on him! I Throw slap it on, it on him. Keith. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> we should make uh pretending to be people slap bracelets. We will now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the watch slap bracelets. Also, we should experiment after this one. If like if we all hold hands, we can experience these visions at the same time. <laughs> you know what? I don't have that written anywhere, but it sure would help. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lukey. Okay, let's hear it. You're looking at Bean's Pond. You see Tildy B. Mitchell walking slowly backwards away from you 
toward the water. She does not stop as she backs into the small neighborhood pond, and as she continues in, steadily, the water rises above her head. When she's gone, the channel of your reality changes, and you're sitting at the bar in a tavern. Behind the bar is a mirror, and you see your reflection. Your eyes, though, are wild. You recognize your thick, hand-stitched clothing from the dead body you found on the way into town. The barmaid refills your glass. So, you're the new miner in town who rode ahead looking for a room? You look in the mirror again. You see your reflection. Still, you give a nod to the alewife. Well, welcome to contention, Silas Cole. Ooh. (laughs) I take the watch and put it in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) we were binging that watch (laughs) did did you guys did you guys were you guys silas cole too yeah 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 that's fucking crazy right you want to try it one more time kinda if if we all hold hands do you think we might experience the vision together I mean, it can't hurt. And I hand the watch over to you and grab your hand and Clark's hand. I, I grab, I complete the triangle. All right, I'm holding both your hands. Somebody has to put this watch on for me. <laughs> I, I Just put clasp it on it. his wrist. <laughs> Thank you. And then grab his hand. Okay. At the same time, all of your realities begin to sort of fade away and warp. And it's dark. You can barely make out the silhouette of a hooded figure lurking in the shadows of this confined space. But light floods in, illuminating a decrepit and haggard Clark Bishop, clutching a book made of some sort of uncured leather, blood dripping from its spine. The visibility is due to the opening of this empty tomb. In walks a tall, gaunt creature with translucent skin and stretched out limbs wearing a black suit. Hello, subject 152251819551818, please give me the book after a beat both figures sprint towards each other only 10 feet apart to start and a blinding light cleanses the interior of this mausoleum before you see keith vigna clark bishop and john lee pettymore the carry in the casket of ari manstein set it down gently exit and close the door of the tomb behind them And the three of you step back away from each other. Oh, I mean, I preferred the episodes in the in the main timeline. <laughs> that was fine. What the hell does this even mean? I think everybody roll sanity on that. Oh one. fuck. <laughs> Seven. Hell yeah. Oh my god. What'd you get? An eighty-seven. That's so for my power. I got I got a one. No way. Yahweh. Hell yeah. Yahweh, our Lord Luke and Thomas, take off your headphones. Oh, no. (laughs) First, lose one sanity. Did that. I'm at 14 now. Congrats. Thanks. 
Clark Bishop, as you back away, you notice that there is ooze that is dripping out of the nose, eyes, and ears, and a little bit out of the mouth of John Lee Pettymore the Third. And you see that it has somehow wrapped itself around, like coming down his arm, and it seems to be dripping from both of his hands. And looking down, you kind of see that it's on your hands too, and it's on Keith's hands, and you seem to have just been connected just now by this black, oily, viscous ooze. And as you back away, it drips off your hands and onto the ground, and some of the stuff that's a part of John Lee Pettymore just drips from his face. He doesn't seem to notice that it's on him or in him. And as it collects on the ground, you look down, and it begins moving toward you, and then you blink and you can't see it anymore. Oh, shit. While they're away, can I ask you, can that be part of my reaction to the over-the-power thing? Yes. I think part of part of the deal, though, is that I have to inflict harm on someone, so I can't just run away from it, right? Nope. Does it have to be one of them, or could I lash out like at the thing that I think is the goo that is no longer there? You can lash out the thing that's there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to pee. Yeah, I'm going to rip a piss, too. Cool. I'll tell Luke he can come back so we can hang out. They they both went to go take a pee, but I didn't want to be alone. I'm going to go pee, too, then. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> All by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. Hey, here's Thomas. Don't I'm not by myself be. anymore. Hey, Joe, while Zach's not here, tell us what you saw. <laughs> he just described a real porn- pornographic scene that he had seen earlier today. It wasn't even story-related. Wow. Was it good? It was all right. He liked it for sure, the way he described it. Yeah. What brand was it? <laughs> Genre? I don't know what that <laughs> Gucci. It used a lot of inanimate objects. It was it was odd. I mean, don't But tasteful. Okay. Yeah. The three of you step away from each other and Clark Bishop's eyes widen. Clark wi- is wide-eyed, wild, and starts backing away and he starts slapping your guys' hands and then stomping on the ground really hard. It's here! It's here! It's here! It's here! And he's kind of running away and he's pointing at the ground and stomping at the ground and... What? What is it? What? What's here? What's here? It's, it's, the, it's the goo! It's the goo! It's the goo! It's the goo! And he's like stomping around. I can't see it anymore! I can't see it anymore! But it was here! It, it was on you guys! St- wipe yourselves off! Wipe yourselves off! start spitting on my hands i see that and i think that's a good idea so i start doing that <laughs> are we near any water um uh, let's look no <laughs> so you guys are just east of hotel motel on the map of contention here i see them like spitting on themselves or whatever but i'm like clark you're just freaking out that's not here I, we can't see it you can't see it anymore it's fine we're fine you guys you you, you recovered in it you recovered in it and it was it's, it was on the ground and it started it started it started moving toward me it started moving toward me now clark and life you're gonna be covered in all kinds of goose <laughs> just at different times so i mean just take a deep breath wipe yourself off you know crack a cold one that's what we do in contention. Do you, do you have a cold one? Do you have a cold one? We can pour it on ourselves. We can pour it on ourselves. Do you have one? I s- slipped the watch back into my pocket. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say slip it back no. on. <laughs> I, th- I mean, 
we'll we'll keep this for later because it could tell us something. But man, I I think we ought to get to the pond. I kind I kind of want to do it one more time. I'm I'm staring at their like demeanors. Are they are they okay <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah, I feel fine. Oh, we were not okay when you saw. Okay, gotcha. How much sanity do you guys all have? Curious. Fourteen. 25. 14, 25, and 14? Uh, I'm at 14, yeah. Haha, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, you're a cyclops for sure, because 25 sanity, you're the kind of person that people walk on eggshells around, but 14 sanity is more like... People are noticing because you're more almost. I mean, you're on your way to being like primordial. Back to come now a time where <laughs> beings like us or didn't worry about morality. I, I think we let's let's get back to the. Do you think we should walk there? Or get back to the car, or, or, or what, what do you think? Where is the pond? Oh, right by Maggie Cook's house. Yeah, it's way, way, way further we're south from us. We're pretty far away from it. But we we parked the car where we parked it because we we're going to come across a a big checkpoint, right? Right. Yeah. Is there a way to come into town from like the south part? The south park? I mean, there's roads no. that lead south, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we loop around somehow, like back roads and stuff? You could easily loop around and go around back roads. However, at this exact moment, you hear a voice. Uh, that is coming from just south of you guys. There's uh, there's a small neighborhood. <laughs> Did you just see it, Luke? <laughs> Sorry, I just tagged Luke in an Instagram story. <laughs> what you should all watch. Uh, that's so stupid. <laughs> 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 great i you were doing it for so long and i i caught you when you started to get normal again oh <laughs> you can go I'll to our instagram to at pretending pod or our twitter at pretending pod or Facebook pretending to be people to see that short video of Luke just really getting in there. Behind I'm the scenes during the tell uh, recording how session. Much I'm just focused in. How clued in. <laughs> Locked in. <laughs> okay. Did I mentioned before how quiet it was in contention, but you don't even realize like when you hear a truck that is close, literally a block away from you guys, it is the loudest thing in your ears currently is this truck in the distance and then you hear it like pull to a stop and when it's idling it's so much louder this person is not taking care of their truck and you hear a holler all right come on out of there randy we can do this the easy way or you can disappear how much worse can it possibly get you don't want to give daddy a shot he can go back and fix everything back to normal. We need more bodies, Randy. Oh, shit. It sounds like they got Randy Hanks told up in there. They're about to be in a world of shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> can we recognize the voice? Good question. Somebody, what would be like a social, let's have a, is there charisma in this game? 
Wait, how long have we been playing Delta Green? <laughs> there is, Three years? Uh, <laughs> Persuade there is and indeed Human. charisma. <laughs> oh, charisma is one of the, is that one of the, the top the ones? The base yeah. stats, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got the best charisma? I've I got 675. <laughs> nice. That'd be Wait, what the fuck? Keith Vigna. That's how I talk about uh, Yeah, you've been role playing that really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keith Vigna is so charismatic, personally. Go ahead and roll on that 75. He's no Ron Stampler. Uh, <laughs> shit, I got a 99. Got it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I had to make sure that it didn't say like 80 or zero. It says 99. Okay, well, then here's the deal Luke, uh, Keith Vigna knows exactly who that voice is, and it's Terrence Licker. And you know that Terrence Licker. From Licker's Lickers? <laughs> He has, owns the liquor store, which liquors, liquors. It mails envelopes for you. <laughs> That's liquors, 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 <laughs> liquors, liquors, liquors. There's liquors kickers, which is the shoe store at the gas station. You can buy a liquors Snickers, <laughs> <laughs> which is just Snickers from a regular Snickers truck that the liquors family has like held up, <laughs> and they're selling for fifty cents more. Do they like tape something on to the label to make it different? Uh huh. His stand up oh, is Liquor's one, Bickers. <laughs> one L over the SN. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's Terry Liquor doing? Terrence Liquor. What's his middle name? Terrence. Terrence. Elizabeth. Yeah. Terrence Elizabeth Liquor. Average height, dirty overalls, boots, trucker hat, long, oily hair. Always has a lip packed with chew and the scent of booze on his breath, oil-stained hands, and a ripped flannel shirt. Thinks he's smarter than he really is. Prone to flattery, short temper, questionable morals, if it'll benefit him. These are the things that Keith Vigna knows because Terrence Licker and Keith Vigna do not get along. Shout out to B. Creever on our Patreon. This is the first use of an NPC from our patrons at the $10 level. So thank you, oh, B. Hey, Creeper, cool. Super cool. For providing Terrence Liquor to me to murder. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, Keith Vigna had a run-in with Terrence Liquor, who's the owner of the Liquors, Liquors, I believe it was Liquors. What is this, uh, what is this issue that you guys had? He owes me three $1 bills. <laughs> <laughs> they were your lucky dollars. <laughs> no, he asked him to make change at the register, and he. Yeah, he. I gave him like, a five. He I gave can... me. He gave me two, and he. <laughs> he wanted to give you twelve quarters, but you're like, "Fuck <laughs> that! Give me three dollar bill." I gave him a five. He gave me two bucks. Shook up my Bud Light, handed it over, and said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Fuck you, beans." <laughs> Beans, beans, Keith, beans. His only friends are figurines. Whoa. <laughs> I was there not as a patron, but to check his liquor license. And I wanted a beer at the time, so I gave him a five. He gave me two, shook up my beer, and I got beef. Well, it sounds like we just need to apprehend him. <laughs> and we have grounds to do it. When I when I hear him yelling it at... Uh, Randy Angst. Randy Angst. <laughs> I just put my hand up to the guys and like listen for a second. I'm like, 
That's fucking tea liquor. Let's go get his ass. <laughs> Remember that $3 bill incident? That's him. <laughs> oh, that, that, that guy that shook up your beer? Kevin burst out laughing. John Lee Kevin Moore just like laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I know you're. Uh, I know you're sore at this feller, but uh, should we maybe scout the situation out first, reconnoiter, see if we can't go in from behind and help Randy out? If you want to, and I pull my gun out and start walking towards the disturbance. Stay behind the tree line, Keith. Don't lose the element of surprise. My face is like red, and I'm stomping towards the noise. I reach into his pocket, grab the watch, and throw it on him. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I try to find him. <laughs> He doesn't. <laughs> well, if you're reaching in Keith's pocket, you'll have to go. Uh, you'll have to go dexterity. Also, you got to find out which pocket it is in my cargo shorts, and they're huge. So, <laughs> pick a pocket, any pocket. You can go criminology, Keith. You're rolling against him with alertness, or dexterity, or athletics. Okay, I'm going to roll criminology because now that I'm a robot, I'm less dexterous. I got a nine on a 60. I got a 50 on a 50. <laughs> well, tell us what happened. You can get the wall. You can get the watch out of his big ass pockets. In my imagining, he's so mad at, uh, at tea liquor that he's not really paying attention. I like kind of pay attention to him. I see it happening. And before I can react, his hand is out of my pocket again. <laughs> and, and I point up to the sky and I say, look over there. And then I slap it on his hands. <laughs> Can I try to fight it slapping on my wrist? Yeah. With yeah, what? it'll be another uh, either dexterity or athletics. 50 on a 50 dexterity. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that seems legit. <laughs> it is. Look. <laughs> I, I, I believe him. <laughs> I don't know if you can even see that. Yeah. Oh, wow. That that is fifty. I can yep. I can see it. There's literally no way Luke could have like found Slide fifty exactly on those dice that fast. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and Thomas, I assume that you can't beat that. No, I rolled a twenty-four on a fifty. So I so I'm I'm stomping away. Well, that was a that was a contest for you not to to somehow make him not put the watch on you. So you got yeah right. So describe I'm how that happened. Already too far away. He grabbed it out of my pockets, and I'm already... Yeah, he's gone. He's, he's walking. You, you're holding the watch. You tried to slap it on his wrist real quick, but he's walking away. I turn around, like, really exasperated and give Clark a sigh, but then I try to sneak it on his wrist. <laughs> on, a, my, on a Clark's wrist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to contest that at that point. I'm looking at him as it happens. <laughs> yep. Dexterity or athletics against each other. Uh, no, I rolled a 97. I rolled a 48 on a 60. I'm good. I, I just I just I just slap your hand yeah, away. <laughs> John John misses again and very like exasperated. Like he just lets out a huge sigh and then slaps it on himself. <laughs> yep. All yeah, right. That's Luke where I was going. <laughs> Joe, take your headphones off. Well, Thomas, you got me. <laughs> Did we reach the limits of your preparation? 
<laughs> well, I didn't have like a million things written down for what happens when you put the watch on over and over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like a whole episode of watchness. Uh, so here's what I will tell you. Um, you just want to make it easy on yourself and say if the visions start looping. Like, you're back no, to the door. that's not fun. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what happens, and then I'm going to go in and re-record a cool version of it later. Sure, sure, sure. I'll react to what you're saying like it's the cool version. Okay, perfect. <laughs> oh! What? A bright flash of light almost makes your eyes feel warm. And then you see an abandoned warehouse puddles have collected from rain and in them you can see the reflection of the moonlight pouring in through the crack and hole filled roof. Uh-huh. Three figures are standing near the wall in the shadows and their silhouette looks like a race podium or Doug Trio. <laughs> but the tallest figure looks massive like a human that has been stretched out. God. Closer you see this lemmy, suit-clad, translucent-skinned creature hands a small manila envelope to the two actual humans standing before it, a man and a woman. They open the envelope, and inside there's only a small piece of paper with a hand-drawn symbol. It is a filled-in circle, encircled by six circles. Another bright flash of light engulfs your vision, and you see James the Millworker, just James, dragging two bodies, this man and woman you just saw, across the floor of his house. And then we see these two individuals from above. They're sitting lifeless at the bottom of a small man-made pit. And you see a sort of time lapse of the bodies bloat and change color. And then Clark Bishop falls into this pit and your vision is again consumed by light. As it fades, you see Chief Maggie Cook giving orders to a looming overweight man wearing an all-black combat uniform, and he has a large scar over his right eye. Okay. Could I just keep putting this watch on and seeing the background of all mysteries? Yes. I mean, I'm going to pitch that to the guys and (laughs) break your little podcast wide open. Uh, good. We need to answer some questions, <laughs> okay. but not too many. And that's on you. Hello. Hello. Zach, your shirt is very uh, Star Trek, the next generation. Thank you. That's like Joe's it. least favorite Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deadly insult. Would it be better if I like. All the way. The buttons that were laying on your chest made it look like pips from Star Trek. That's what helped the illusion. Oh, whoops. You forgot about your pips. You forgot about your pips. Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Keith Vigna is just uh, just ahead of you guys making his way toward the confrontation house. Confrontation House, a new reality. Beef House. And Clark Bishop uh, just ripped his hand away from John Lee Pettymore III, who slapped on the bracelet onto himself. I look wide-eyed at you. Did, did you see Did you see something else? Guys, yeah, I mean, Keith, Keith, we really need to be putting on this, this like, this watch, because we're getting some good shit here. I... 
turn around and look at him, and I'm like slowly walking backwards, but I'm listening. Well, hey, like remember, uh, remember when that that robot feller attacked us in uh, James the Millworker's house? You know, the first time we met Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you want to know why? Because that's what I just saw. All right. Get why, this. Why the why? robot attacked us? Well, why he was there in the first place. All right, check it out. So, Myriad had sent two people out to, like, intercept James the wheel worker or something. That part wasn't super clear. But James, James dispatched them or came into possession of their bodies somehow. But you know the two, uh, the two dead fellows we found at the bottom of that pit in James's house. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, very well. That was that was them, and Mary had sent them. And the next thing I saw was Maggie telling that robot fella to head to James the Millworker's house. And the impression, the, the impression I got was that it was you know going after those bodies. It might have been to go after us, but that might have been a rat, a, a, a rat place, wrong time situation. I've stopped in my tracks. Anyway, I just like it. It seemed, yeah, Maggie. She sent the robot feller after us, and uh, or after James, and uh, yeah, it just seems like we get a lot of information every time we put this thing on. So I'm I'm pretty much team watch right now. Formerly team Peta. I mean, that's good to know, but does it help us right now? Well, I mean, I don't know if it helps us rescue Randy or beat up that fella that you don't like who made a fool of you with your with your beer but uh i remember why i was mad and i start stomping away again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I touch him on the shoulder i'm like hold up hold up there's time for that there's time for that i don't know i think maybe we should go um figure out this situation that that lies ahead of us right now but it just seems like we could really blow this whole mystery open by just repeatedly putting this watch on. I don't know if, you know, God ever thought of that when he created such a... You mentioned that Maggie was... She sent the robot to kill us? She sent the she sent the robot to James the Millworker's house. I think we just got there at the same time. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Not, okay. But those two fellas that were in James's pit, they was dead Myriad fellas. And that robot had the Myriad uh, logo on it, right? That's where we first found out about Myriad. Well, you f- you fell into that pit. Did you? F- you didn't find anything on him, did you? Did I? Zach is nodding. Yes, I don't remember what I found. Me neither. I just remembered that the, it stunk down there because they were decomposing. <laughs> Which <laughs> seems realistic. You know, two days ago when you fell into that pit of bodies, did you <laughs> notice anything strange, or were you just horrified? <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelmed by the stench of death. <laughs> one is a man, one was a woman. They had a piece of paper that had the symbol for the circle of knowledge on it. Huh. The cock. Did you find anything on their bodies? Yeah, they were circle of knowledge members. <laughs> Two cocks. <laughs> That's right, I remember. There's one piece of paper with a hand-drawn symbol, and it was a filled-in circle encircled by six circles. Uh, is there a chance I didn't know what it was at the time? Yeah, didn't we record that like four years ago? <laughs> <laughs> you did. So a little um, backstory refresher here. You found that. I believe you knew what the logo was. The statue's bow tie flips the coffee table over. So when you like touch the statue's bow tie, it flipped the coffee table over, showing an enormous stash of weapons, body armor, and a long black plastic tube the size of a baseball bat. 
and then written in blood where one of the guns should be, it said, stop her. And inside that big tube was a map of Calm Comfy Campground. And then if you'll also remember, Gary Daly told you that he saw Maggie and James and a third person going into Chief Maggie Cook's house the night that the home exploded. Yeah. And the guy that was with them had a big scar over his eye and he was wearing big like black tactical gear. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Cool. So there's some dots. Y'all like the the ice cream of the future? They're fine. Dipping, I've been dipping into them. I get it. I'd rather have ice cream every single time, but <laughs> sometimes I'd prefer dipping dots. It's fucking wrong. They stick to your tongue weird. Yeah, because they're uh, z- below zero, <laughs> sub zero. I like it. I like how weird it is. Well, you know what Keith's doing. Uh, okay. That, uh, I don't think... I don't think you have time. So, as you guys are, as you guys are watching Keith Vigno walk off into the distance after John Lee Pettymore III explains this to you, John and Clark, Clark is at a loss for words. He's trying to put the dots together. Well, all I'm saying is You guys moving or are you letting Keith go by himself? I guess we gotta keep after Keith, but, uh... Yeah, this this watch just does seem like a real handy plot device. Mystery device. Sorry, case device. However you personally want to define uh, the situation we've all found ourselves caught up in. John Lee Pettymore kind of has a uh, an ongoing narrative of his whole life uh, just running in his head at all times. I'm at, I'm at a loss because I honestly, I, uh, Clark would be kind of into the idea that John's proposing that we're hearing, we're getting more information every time we put on the watch. Clark would be very intrigued by that prospect, but I think he's kind of scared of it too. John, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of on board with this idea of exploring the uses of the watch, but it, it I'm telling you, I saw last time we put it on. Sure. The, the ooze, it, it came out of you guys. It came out of you. I don't think it's all good. I don't think it's all good. I, it may even, it may even just be showing us something that, who knows what it means. That we, none of it's, we don't, we don't know, and. And Keith's walking away. I feel like maybe maybe we should take care of what's going on now, get to a safe spot, and then maybe I don't know, ex- experiment with it or something. I don't, I don't I don't know. I just I think there's a chance it's unsafe. Clark, I think I think that's a damn smart point of view. And uh, I was perhaps tempted by this uh, this wrist siren, <laughs> and it and it caused me to lose focus on on what's in front of us. And I think what we got to do now is keep. Keith from uh, getting his his damn self killed, and uh, we got to go help our friend Randy Angst for sure. And if you heard a siren, I didn't hear that, but yeah, we should we should get in there. <laughs> no, I'm saying the watch is a siren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't I didn't hear a siren in mine either. But that, we can go on. <laughs> Keith, hold up, we're coming. There I, it is. I looked back behind him, and I I look ahead of me and I just yell yeah we're coming motherfucker okay there it is so (laughs) you guys are now coming up around the back of this house and walking up to a chain link fence that is the end of the property of this home and so coming from the backyard you hear the truck 
is in the driveway of this home that you're approaching from behind the backyard and looking through the windows in the back. What's the highest alertness in the group? You got a, you got a 70. 60. Nice. Yeah. But we're, all, that 70 we're all pretty real quick. good. Like we planned on being cop characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's your law though? 50. I a 90. You guys are looking in the back windows and, you know, it's got curtains and you can't really see in. There's not much movement detected, but the lights are on, so you can't really tell what's going on. But you hear this truck just idling in the front and uh, you're not sure if tea liquor has made his way into the house yet or if he's still out front. What, which approach do you guys want to take? So I'm going to go around the side of the house and peek and look at his truck and see if he's in there. When I see Keith peeking, I'm a little encouraged by his by his stealthiness. Keith, Keith, what do you see? Yeah, roll stealth, Keith. Oh, good. <laughs> what do you have? He has like a 10, right? Oh, shit, I got a 14 on a 10. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> You're right there. That's so brutal. You guys haven't passed this stealth check since you've been back to contention. Just a quick reminder that everyone knows. Does anybody have more than 10 stealth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have yeah. a 50. I got a 30. <laughs> so I am like trying to peek around the corner but and you don't notice that there's this concrete drain that moves the water away from the house and you trip over it and you fall onto the driveway like the front corner of the driveway right by the garage and you look up and you're staring straight at this truck in the back of the truck you see that there's a tarp slumped over the sides and there's water kind of splashing off and you see fish kind of like jumping up through it and in the back sitting in the water in this puddle that has been teamed you see an older man who has like super long hair and hippy dippy and you recognize him as manager of subtropolis jimmy sanders do how familiar are we with jimmy yeah how how did he feel about us before all this went down well it's your it's your cousin isn't it yeah. He was the one who called in the oil spill. And he was older than me, right? Yes. So he's probably going to recognize John Lee Pettymore III. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. He would have been a, a, alive before. I'm picturing, since since we didn't break away, I'm just picturing Clark and John have like moved up into position around the side of the house. Oh, no, no. I know, I know that. Vigna. But I mean, if, if he were to suddenly see John... Absolutely. Third. No, I'm glad because he would have, He'd Keith turned like, around and was like, Uncle it's John? Jimmy Sanders, it's your cousin. Exactly. Wait, to clarify real fast, and it, I don't know if this puts you on the spot or not, but is Jimmy Sanders your dad's brother's kid or sister's, or I guess? Okay. Sisters or, yeah, or anywhere in there. I feel like no matter by marriage or blood, everybody would have been to the same barbecues. And, and also, Pettymores just call each other cousins at a certain point, and like non blood, like non Pettymores who are still blood related. Like I would, they're all just cousins. Oh right, he's got a different last name, so he would have to be uh, right. That's what I his was sister's kid. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to decipher. That's that makes sense. Yeah. So he would be uh, John the Third's nephew. So does he see me? It's not necessarily that he sees you as much as he sees everything. You're looking at this dude and his eyes are wide and wild. And he's just like sniffing around. He's like, yeah, it's just number four with the uh, no tomato, no tomato. 
no tomato extra cream cheese. And he's just like looking around all over the place. And you think he might have seen you, but he didn't like, you couldn't tell. Okay, as you. soon as I as soon as I get up, I turn around to, to John. I'm like, it's your cousin. And then I go and I want to get the keys out of the truck. Yeah, so I'll go to cover you while you do that. I'll go to get Jimmy's attention while you're slipping around to grab the keys. I think Clark is still trying to peek into the windows at the corner here, trying to get a better look through. So as Keith uh, sneaks out, John wants to just like really visibly pop out and he goes, Jimmy, hey there, kiddo. Do you remember me? Hey, number four, uh, lettuce, no extra cucumber, but I can't cut it in half right now. And he's like miming, actually making a sandwich, not running really looking with, at- Running with that, he's like, Oh yeah, give me that number four. Why don't you go ahead and start making that for me? And I don't. It doesn't have to be cut in half. You just get to it. And I want to see what he does. And then he looks up at you, and as he makes direct eye contact with you, his eyes enlarge to the size of saucers, and he just lets out a little yo, and then dives directly into the water. Keith just walks up, opens the car door. What are you doing? The keys are in the ignition. The car is running. Truck is running. Oh, are you talking to me? No, I was talking to Keith Vigna. Is he available? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, in my, from my screen, it looked like you were looking at Joe. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize Your eyes that's were at not 45 and not 90? <laughs> yeah. You should be looking up uh, to talk to me. Uh, you weren't effectively Brady bunching this call. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just open the door. I get the keys, turn the truck off, and stick them in one of my pockets. And I zip the pocket up. Clark Bishop, you are looking inside this house. Terrence Licker is standing. Oil-stained hands, ripped flannel shirt, long oily hair underneath a trucker cap. He's got some dirty overalls and boots. And he's standing in, like, the living room of this house where you see Randy angst. He is wearing a fancy blue three-piece suit. You can't tell it's a three-piece suit, though, because he is being shoved face into the carpet by... Terrence. Or not. Not Terrence. Oh, shit. This dude is burly as fuck. He is five foot four, so he looks super wide. He's in his mid-30s. And he's got short, cropped black hair, blue eyes, and impeccably white teeth. And he's wearing a gray sweatsuit, a black beanie, and chucks. So exactly the Rocky uniform. Like when he's uh, running up the, where is that? Washington, D.C. Philadelphia. 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 When he's running up to kiss. He's He's climbing up the Washington Monument. To make the Liberty Bell hole again. And that's what he's wearing. That's what he looks like. This is burly, thick, short dude who has his knee on the back of Randy Ank's neck. And he is shoving Randy's face into the carpet. And then you hear the truck stop running. They hear the truck stop running. And they look up. Well, seems like we've got some company. What's up, everybody? 
I'm Zach, and I just wanted to pop in at the end here and holler a few things at y'all. First, sorry this episode was so, so, so late. I absolutely love making this show, but it takes an absurd amount of time, and I've been running low on steam. With that being said, I'm going to take a week off. I'm tired, and I need a bit of a reset during all this uncertainty and constant low-grade panic. So episode 80 will be out on Friday, May 29th, and we will then resume our weekly release schedule. Thank you all for understanding. This community is incredible, and the only messages I received about this episode being late were positive and encouraging. Seriously, y'all are the best. Our lovely patrons will be hearing part one of Lover in the Ice, a fantastically gross Delta Green scenario, before Tuesday night, and we will see all you members of the Den of Sin Tuesday, May 26th at 6 p.m. Central Time for part two, live streaming our recording process. To all of you who support this effort on Patreon, holy shit, it means the world to all of us here at PTBP, and we are so, so grateful. So again, in order, I'm sorry, I love you, and episode 80 will be out a week from Friday on May 29th, and then we are back on that grind! (laughs) 